Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What I realized is my entire business hinged on me. I mean, literally, if I was hit by a bus, my business was dead. Mm. Because there was nothing in my business that could function without me. The sales, the operations, the accounting, the everything fell on my shoulders. And so one of the first things I had to do was start looking at everything I was doing in the business and ask, and this is a funny question I literally asked myself. I took a sheet of paper, I wrote down every task I did in the business. Next to that task, I asked one question, would Steve Jobs do that task? <laughs> and it was, I know it's a stupid, funny question, but in doing that, I realized I was doing so much bullshit in my company that I had no business being doing. One, it either wasn't a strength of mine, or I had no fucking desire to do it, or, or it wasn't something that I could do quick enough to be of value to the company. Hello and welcome to Inside Out. My name is Billy Samoa Salibi and I'm your host. This show is all about insights and explores how transformational moments of awakening have helped propel the lives and careers of remarkably successful people. These major breakthroughs teach valuable lessons that will help us in business and in life. On this episode, I interview Donnie Bovine, CEO of Success Champions, host of the Success Champions podcast, and founder of the Badass Business Summit. And Donnie himself is a badass. He's as unfiltered, raw, and genuine as they come. He's the real deal, and I think you'll see why on this episode. A big believer that the answer is always mindset. Donnie helps people get out of their own way and become a champion of their own success. On the show, he shares why he left a successful sales career when he realized he needed to quit living other people's dreams. He explains the difference between playing not to lose versus playing to win. He also describes the difference between the employee mindset and the entrepreneur mindset and gives advice on how to flip the script and become a business owner after being an employee. If you're getting in your own way and you want to get unstuck, this one is made for you and I'm so excited to share this episode of Inside Out.
Donnie Bovine, welcome to Inside Out. Dude, brother, thanks for having me on here, man. I got to tell you, absolutely stoked to sit down with you. It's been a fun, quick chat before we even got on here, man. So it's going to be a good time, man. Let's do this. Let's do it. Yeah, let's dive in. And we connected and instantly, as I started reading more about you and understanding who you are and what makes you you, I was in. And speaking of in, I know you're an all-in type of person. And throughout your life, you've done some amazing things. You've also had challenges, and I want to dig into all of that. So let's get started with your story, and let's hear the Donnie Bovine story from as far back as you can go, just to give us a flavor of who you are today and 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 where you've come from, my brother. You know, I, I love that you're letting me go back that far. So it's interesting. I don't often get to tell that, you know, I grew up in such a blue-collar family, you know. Dad was a truck driver. Mom worked in factories. Uh, probably one of my biggest claim to fame with the family. It's a running joke because I'm the only one that's never worked at McDonald's. So that's a pretty big, you know, uh, a medal for me. But I, it was one of those things where, you know, mom, dad always went where the where the work was. So we traveled around a lot as a kid. And it led to me, for some reason, getting a chip on my shoulder. And I was a punk in high school. I was that guy in high school that literally teachers told me were passing you on. Uh, so there's no chance in hell we'll get you back the next year. And it was a really interesting time. My older brother had gone into the Marine Corps. I knew college wasn't a thing for me. So literally kind of on a whim one day, I walked out of high school, which I skip class all the time, but I walked out of high school, walked up to the Marine Corps recruiting station, said, sign me up, let's do this shit. Literally, it was just a couple days after high school, I was standing on the yellow footprints in MCRD San Diego. I hated every minute of being a Marine because I went in with the chip on my shoulder, and now I was in a spot where somebody was telling me what to do 24-7. So I got into some trouble, nothing bad. I mean, I did my four years. I got as an E-4. I don't regret ever being a Marine. Um, I, I think it shaped a lot of my future. It's been a hell of a tool in my arsenal belt. I just didn't realize it till later in life. But got out of the Marine Corps, jumped into sales. My best friend and his dad ran an HVAC company. I went to work with him. I really, I started off as a tech crawling under houses and then attics and shit in Texas in 110 degree weather. It sucked. I tried to quit. Um, I literally walked up to my best friend, dad, Jerry, and I'm like, dude, I'm out. I, I can't do this shit anymore. And he goes, well, before you go, why don't you start sales for me? And I'm like, what the fuck is sales? And he goes, I'm going to hand you a bunch of flyers. You're going to go door to door until somebody says yes. I'm like, I don't have to crawl into the houses and things. He's like, no, nah. I'm like, fuck it, count me in. So I started doing that. And that's really how I broke into sales. I grew that company to a little over two and a half million dollars. We took it from a small mom and pop residential into full commercial. I got recruited out to there to up to St. Louis, did some sales up there. Got corporate downsized through a Fortune 100. Came back to Texas, bartended for a little while because I was just tired of playing grown up. Um, I was 24 years old at this point got hired by a commercial printing company. And then, you know, between that, um, I guess I did that for about seven years. And then I was with an organization called Sandler Training for seven and a half years. So all in, I had about 20 years of sales after the Marine Corps, um, all of it pretty much straight commission. It was an interesting time for me, man. I, I learned a lot. I grew up in the sales game and a lot of cool things happened. And then one magical conversation with my business partner changed it all. And I jumped out of my own and became a business owner. 
wife and I had been living a fun life and making a lot of money and bought our dream farm, our dream house. You know, we had everything going in the right direction. And then I decided to be a business owner. So we, we, we started a business in September of 2017 and, and I promptly ran that bitch straight into the ground. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I had no clue how to be a business owner, man. I was a, a, a fantastic sales guy, a really good employee, a decent employee. I'm, I can't say I wasn't an asshole from time to time. But, but running a business was just such a mental maneuver for me that I wasn't prepared for. Got to the point where I literally had to look at my wife and say, babe, we're about to freaking lose everything. And then she said a magical phrase that, that, that really changed the trajectory of my life. She said, Donnie, get off your ass and go sell something. And so I did. And that uh, was headed me down the path to get back on stages. And, um, you know, I found my podcast and started it in September of 2018, or excuse me, uh, in May of 2018, I launched Success Champions podcast. It took off and got some traction. And then business took off from there. The brand Success Champions took off. You know, we launched a Facebook group that went really successful. We launched the magazine that went really successful. Um, and then ultimately, because of the fans of the show and the fans of the brand kept asking us, we uh, went all the way up to do the Badass Business Summit, where we had rented out a local convention center. We're bringing in people from all over the world to speak at. And that was supposed to be April 3rd, 4th, and 5th of this year. And of course, COVID happened. So um, that got postponed till September. So um, we just launched a new business model, uh, helping small business owners get referrals by these virtual networking groups. And as of this recording, we, we launched those six weeks ago and now have 19 chapters across the US getting ready to open up the UK, Ukraine, and Canada for additional chapters. So that's that's the story in a nutshell, man. It's been a hell of a ride. Been a hell of a ride. Oh man. I love so much about what you just said. And I relate to a lot of it. I I'll get into why I relate, but there's one thing I want to highlight that stands out to me as you're telling your story. And there's a word that pops into my mind and that's authenticity. And I think authenticity is something that it can easily be said, but it's a whole nother thing to be shown and to be lived. And what I love about you and the work that you're doing is that you embody what it means to be authentic and to be your true self and to show all sides, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, the failures, the successes. And so I just wanted to call that out and say, I, I appreciate that about you. I appreciate that. And there's a real reason for it. it uh, I'm a kid that grew up on the self-help world, man. So I grew up on guys like Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar. And, you know, I loved all that shit. Um, and I used to go to a lot of their the conferences and stuff. But uh, until later in my sales career, I was a kid that sat in the back of that auditorium going, man, I, I, I want to be these guys. Right. But they're untouchable. Right. They're perfect. They're, they're not doing anything wrong. And and I always felt like they were a step above me. And you know that was always a weird thing for me until one day Brian Tracy came through town and went to see him speak. And for whatever reason, I got in the line afterwards to walk up and say hi to him. And he wasn't a really nice guy. He was kind of this older crotchety dude and i realized at this moment for me I was like oh shit these guys are just average joes they're real dude i mean literally 
they get up, put their pants on. They probably take a massive shit, you know, every morning. And, <laughs> right. and they're regular people. And I thought, man, if I ever get a chance to get in front and and have a brand, have a message, you know, and people are listening to me, they're going to realize that I've walked the same way they walk. I go through the same shit. And authenticity is a word that is overused at the moment because I don't think people understand what it means. But for me... I know that in telling my story, the truths, the things I went through, let people know that they got a shot at it too. And, and that's, that's the, the whole point of me doing it is um, I'm built no different. I'm made no different. Uh, you know, it's, it's literally uh, success is found in perseverance. You know, uh, most of us held on longer when any logical sane person would have thrown in a fucking towel. <laughs> so... Um, and I think that's that's what really is key for anybody making it in this world. Yeah, it's a long game. And you play the short game, you fail, you play the long game, and you see it as such. You have every ability to succeed. Your your brand is Success Champions, but when you started, it was an unknown, right? You came from having a job. And as you said, you you were good at that. You You maybe ruffled some feathers along the way. You're not saying you're perfect. But you you did well, man. You succeeded, and you know I relate to so much of what you said, as I mentioned. Although my dad actually did work in McDonald's, funny enough. Um, but that's a whole, whole other random sides, whole other random side story. <laughs> um, but but what what intrigued me as I learned more about your story is the light bulb moment when you decided to walk away from your job and a conversation you had with your boss. Wonder if you could share that and went through your mind. Cause again, this show is all about insights. It's about those moments, not just a, a little minor insight. No, it's a life changing insight, something where a light bulb clicked. Tell us that story. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a guy that I never had a big dream or, or, or vision really um, going through life. I always kind of just took the thing in front of me. And I think I was so enamored with people that I kind of tried to live vicariously through everybody else. You know, whether it was my brother and the Marines and these people on stages or books or, you know, and I always, you know, lived on what I felt like other people's life. Now, this is all hindsight. I, I, this is a lot of self-discovery after I made the move into running my own business. But I had become one of the top sales trainer in the country for Sandler Training and um, I was working with my business partner, hell of a guy, and we were just beginning, began conversations to buy out his company, which had been a seven-figure deal over a number of years. We had gone out to dinner to celebrate you know, our successes, our wins, uh, the awesome things we've done with the business. And, and it was a great night. We were having a great conversation, of course, you know, toasting cocktails. And my business partner at the time looked at me and said, Donnie, he goes, I, I got to be honest with you, brother. I, I couldn't have gotten this far um, with the company without you. I appreciate everything you're doing for me. And I got to tell you, I'm just grateful that you're my retirement plan. And when he said it, I guarantee that my response was, it's been my honor. I love doing it. You know, I appreciate it, you know, everything. But I remember walking out and sitting in my truck. And I just sat there in my truck for like 10 minutes before I put the key in. And I'm pissed, but I can't figure out why I'm pissed. And then it freaking hits me. I am literally somebody else's fucking retirement plan. My entire life has been built on making other people fucking wealthy. 
I have never fucking gone all in on me. And literally 15 minutes later, or 15 days later, excuse me, not minutes, days later from that conversation is when I launched Success Champions. Because I realized that if I didn't jump now, then I could never again look at the world and go, what if? You know, could I have been somebody? This was that shot. This was that exact moment where I had to have the guts to freaking make the leap. Mm. Um, and it scared the pure shit out of me because uh, I had no idea what it took to run a business. I had no idea what it took to, to uh, even get started. The really shitty thing is, is that 15 days later was also the first time I told my wife I was doing all this. So, so picture this conversation. You got your dream house, your cars, you built a second house for your mother-in-law, animals on the farm. You know, you're doing all this stuff, living well. And you tell your wife the day that you're, you left the company and started your business that this is what you're doing. Yeah, I was that asshole. Um, and I wasn't worried that that she was going to be mad. Um, I was worried that she was going to back the play. And it's, it's a really weird thing for me to say. But I, w- I was more worried that she was going to say, you got this, let's do it. Um, and she pretty much did. I mean, she cried when I told her and she freaked out a little bit. Um, but, you know, she said, dude, fucking make it work. And, and that's how this whole thing started. So, you, you know, it takes some courage first that you recognize that you need to quit living someone else's dream, but then that you actually take action upon it is a whole other thing. 15 days later, you have success champions, but to your own admission, you ran it into the ground is, is, is what I've heard. But what, what do you mean, man? Like walk me through what, what happened? What were what was your plan versus what ended up happening? So so truthfully, if I were completely honest, I was I really thought I was gonna be the next Tony Robbins. Um, I really thought I was gonna be this guy getting crazy on stage, fucking hooping and hollering and and lighting crowds on fire. And here's the interesting thing. In my hometown of Fort Worth, Texas, I had a really good local brand. I mean, a lot of people knew who I fucking was from the sales training, from all the networking I did. And you know, legitimate, a lot of people knew who I was. But outside of Fort Worth, not a fucking soul knew who I was. So here I was as this, you know, 40-year-old guy with no brand, no name, no, I mean, I had a website that I built myself, um, no podcast, no books, no, I mean, nothing in the marketplace. And I'm calling up to these big ass conventions and saying, you need me on your stage. And these event planners are laughing at me. Um, they're like, who the fuck are you? And and you know. So here I was trying to be this big name somebody and I had no skins on the wall. I hadn't done anything. You know, I'd been a sales guy. That was my story is I was a sales guy. And so um, I, I, I wasn't prepared for how hard it was going to be to build out a speaking career. I mean, it, it uh, kudos to the people that have made their living off of nothing but speaking. Um, that's a grind. It's a badass salesperson. If the, it, because I think a lot of speakers are broke. I think a lot of private coaches are broke. You know, I think it's just like being the stand-up comedian or something. It's a grind. You got to hit a lot of dive bars before you get the fucking big gigs, the HBO specials and shit. And, you know, I just wasn't mentally prepared for that game, and nor did I have a business strategy or a vision big enough to go after it. 
So I had to, you know, do a pivot in the business to try and figure out, okay, how do I bring revenue in? So I was doing a lot of stupid shit, man. I was doing some graphic design thing. I was trying to be a, this coach thing. I was trying to do sales trade. I was, I was doing anything that that could potentially bring revenue in the business. And so, I mean, I've had some some friends and fans that have followed this entire journey. And we joke about it every once in a while. Of, hey, remember <laughs> when you were doing graphic design packages? <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, you know. <laughs> And, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's, it was a lot of, I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I could sell and, and the sales was never the problem. But as a sales guy growing up, I never had to do the operational side of things. I never had to do the accounting side of things. So I could sell, then I'd service the client, then I'd build the client and then, oh shit, I got to go sell again. And it became yeah. this wicked cycle of project after project after project, but nothing was sticking. And I think a lot of my early clients came on out of really out of love because they were clients in the past and things like that. So I think they were just supporting me and what I was doing. I think, you know, I lucked into a couple of deals, but I didn't have a business. I mean, I, I, in a sense, had created a wicked job for myself. Um, And that wasn't all that fun because I was working twice as many hours as I was when I was an employee. Right. Um, (laughs) I know that, brother. Dude, it, 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 was, it was insane that I couldn't figure this out because for me, I could always sell my way out of a situation. And for some reason, I just couldn't sell this one because it was this, this, this constant spinning ball of, of the same shit over and over again. And one of the things that helped me start turning the corners, I sat across from kind of a mentor of mine and I, we went out for cocktails and I'm having a total, oh, woe is me, right? Like, this shit's not working. Maybe I should go back and get a job. You know, all the same shit anybody who ever's tried to run a business has said to themselves. And if they're completely honest with you. Uh, and I'm like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. And my buddy looked at me and goes, well, walk me through what your business is. So I'm trying to explain all the shit that I'm doing. He goes, one, I have no fucking <laughs> clue what your business is. Um, I'm like, good, because me either. He goes, your second problem is, he goes, you're operating, doing everything that you did as an employee, but now you're doing as a business owner. You haven't flipped the script to start thinking like a business owner. And dude, I, I, that guy could have put a ton of bricks in a freaking sock and smashed me across the face with it because that's how hard that hit me because it was the absolute truth. I was an employee trying to run a company versus a business owner trying to build a business. So I had to flip the script and, and it, it, that's when I really think the grind began for the business. Yeah. That was, that was a turning point. That's, that, that's the type of thing that I, I love digging into and really dissecting and understanding. And before I, before we do go down that path, I just want to say from one sales guy to another, I promise you're not alone in being amazing at sales, but having an, as we would say in corporate speak, an area of opportunity when it comes to operational efficiency and, <laughs> and, and area of opportunity. And, and, I fucking and suck. book and bookkeeping <laughs> and things like that. So yeah. totally feel you. And my wife would be cracking up because you know, the one thing that she's beat down in my own head is get somebody to help with the bookkeeping, get somebody to help with, you know, we just, 
that's not our skill set. We're people, people. Right. We, we, we thrive when we're talking to other people and engaging. And yep. that's, that's our, that's our superpower. That's our super strength and not, uh, you know, spreadsheets. So with that being said, you know, we, I love what you're saying. One of the concepts you bring up in the book, and I want to get into the difference between being an employee versus being an entrepreneur or a business owner. But before we get into that, I want to talk about this concept of getting in your own way when you're striving for success. And, and what advice do you have for someone? Because I know you bring this topic up in your book, but I wonder if you could unpack that concept because I think we can all relate when you hear that. We all get in our own way, but how do we get out of our own way? Well, I, I think in truth that we all verbally say that our biggest struggle is we're in our own way, right? I mean, two things that people think hold them back. The first is always time which is the stupidest answer on the face of the earth. It's never time. Time's never the problem. That's right. Your fucking priorities are the problem if it's time. It's really simple. But getting out of your own head is is the other biggest obstacle people can't seem to overcome. And, and here's why. I don't think people know themselves. It took me damn near losing everything. I was... 41 years old at that point. No, I guess I was still 40 at that point when it went all to hell in a handbasket. But so 40 years and almost losing everything to go, oh shit, there's Donnie. And you got to understand, up to that point, I'd sold hundreds of millions of dollars in business. I I'd gave a speech in front of a bunch of UN people. I negotiated some huge contracts and deals and did some pretty cool things and quote unquote won some pretty badass awards. And all of that shit was fluff. It took me to damn near lose me to find me. And I think when people think about getting in their own way, the reason they don't know how to get out of it is because they've never met themselves. They've never done enough deep dive work on themselves mm -hmm. to go, this is what really makes me tick. And I think if people were honest and they were start to really look at their life Instead of focusing on the shit you love, start with the shit you hate. What do you absolutely fucking despise about what you're doing? And what I didn't realize is when I started asking questions like that is I hated answering to somebody else. I hated somebody having control of my life at any point. So I should have started businesses years ago, but I was too much of a chicken shit to, to bet on myself, right? Um, you know, I think if you focus on particularly what you don't like to do, figuring out the good shit so you can get out there uh, makes it a lot easier. But you've got to figure out who you are and meet yourself so that you can move forward because until you've shocked the system enough, everything you're trying is not going to work. You know, if you go to the woo-woo side of things, people are like, you know, just talk to yourself and say you're awesome and you'll eventually be awesome. Bullshit. They'll, they'll say, you know, take a lot of fucking massive action in your life and you'll eventually... <laughs> Bullshit. What has to happen is, is you've got to start taking consistent action over time. Keep stepping forward. Get fucking knocked the fuck out. Stand back up and take another fucking step. It's not about going massive. These assholes out there talking about massive action and doing all these fucking big... No, no, no. Get consistent. Start moving forward. 
bet on yourself. Dude, if, if and you've heard people say it all the time, is, is you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. No, no, no. You've got to get comfortable fucking shit up. You've got to do things knowing that you're going to go into it and that shit's yeah. going to break. That shit's going to fall apart and you've got to be okay going anyway. Mm. I mean, prime example, the, doing the Badass Business Summit. We had every contingency we could think of to pull this fucking conference off of. We didn't bet on a fucking virus, you know, that literally postponed our entire convention center. Right. You know, and, and shut everything down. There's two choices. I can curl in a fucking ball and go, well, there's that money out the fucking window. Or I can look at the team and say, all right, cool, that fucked up. What's next? And we launched an entire another fucking product line, you know, that is growing leaps and bounds across the world right now. And I think it comes down to to it's the willingness to truly fucking something up. Yeah, makes sense. I love that, man. I, I love because I think all too often we try to be too perfect. We try to not make mistakes. And that is the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Fuck, make more mistakes. The more mistakes you make, the better. And as you said, get back up and keep moving forward. You might've got pushed back a couple steps. That's okay. If you're, if you're taking another step forward, you're, you're cutting that, that gap in half, right? And so I think what I'm yes. hearing you say is it's not about some massive like action type of approach. It's about consistent little activities day after day after day and not ever allowing yourself to be pushed down and, and, and the other thing that I think is really powerful about what you said is this concept of betting on yourself. And this is something that's in your book as well. I, I love that you mentioned betting on yourself and how important it is. What does that mean to you exactly? Like, cause, cause here's the thing, if we have this inner doubt or if we, if we're our own worst enemy, if we're getting in our own way and all these different things, it's in direct conflict with our ability to bet on ourselves. So how do we bet on ourselves knowing that we're our own worst enemy in a lot of ways? Dude, uh, you did your homework, bud. I appreciate that. Um, so, so here's where people screw up. I think. I think too many people have this superhero complex. They want to save the fucking world, right? So a lot of us went through life and nobody gave a shit, right? Nobody, nobody taught us anything. Nobody held us by the hand. Said, "Here's how you had success." You know, when I launched my business, I had nobody around me in the family or anything that were entrepreneurs, right? So we naturally, I think, are programmed that we want to give back to people and teach them the shit that we've figured out, which is totally cool and commendable. Problem is, is we're spending so much time trying to save the fucking world that we never take care of ourselves. So the answer to betting on yourself is you better get fucking selfish really quick. And here's what I mean. You better fucking grow your own garden. You better go build a big ass business and get selfish as fuck going and making, if it's money, do money. If it's just fame, do fame, whatever it is, go big with that. And, and the reason is, is in doing all that badassery, being selfish and building a brand, building a name for yourself, building something fucking awesome, you will impact and change so many more lives through that level of badassery than being small, not accomplishing anything and trying to save the world. People 
spend so much time trying to just give back to others, which is a beautiful thing. But the truth is, is they could impact so many more if they would just get selfish and go all out. Mm. Perfect. You know, and, and it's, no, go it's ahead. It's fascinating to me. It, it is. And I, and I, you know, playing small ball, right? And so another concept that really hit home and resonated with me that you talk about is this concept of the difference between playing not to lose versus playing to win. I, I love that because I think all too often we're playing protection, right? We're protecting what we have instead of going after what we want. And curious if you could kind of give us your flavor of what either helped make you realize this or why you find this to be such an important part as a business owner to, to remember and not to shy away from actually striving to win. I think one of the greatest phrases that explains this is you can't get to second base with one foot on first. And I think most people are going through life with that one foot on first base and they know they should be sliding into second. And, and the truth of the matter is the later in life you get, the harder it is to leap, right? It's why I fucking love these kids that are 20 years old launching businesses and shit. Part of me is fucking envious, right? Like, man, if I had that. By the way, it's literally and literally yes. and figuratively. <laughs> your, your, your vertical jump gets profoundly. I asked my, I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm definitely losing a little bit of my jumping ability, but ask my dad, who's, you know, 30 years, my senior, he right. can barely get off the ground. So there is something to both literally and, and then, and then business world too, just, just highlighting yeah. that, but yeah, go for it. Yeah. I, no, that's it. I mean, cause the later in life you go, the more shit you've accumulated and you know, I can't tell you how many guys and gals I sit across from. They're like, man, I'd love to start my own business. But then, then the blaming the world happens, right? I've got kids, I've got a mortgage, I've got a house and I've got all this in. And, you know, it comes down to if you're worried about all that shit, that's playing defense. That's playing not to lose all your stuff. And here's the thing that I love to point out to people. Have you ever found yourself in a fucking situation that you couldn't get out of? Have you ever gone so low that you couldn't climb your fucking way out of? And I guarantee you that 99% of the fucking world has always figured out a way. That's right. That's life. That's life. And if you're playing fucking defense and you're worried about all that shit, fuck you. Get in the game. Start playing offense because you'll never find yourself in a situation that you can't get the fuck out of. Once you start playing offense, though, man, that's when all the good shit happens. Because you start doing the things that need to get done. And, and the reason people go back to why they can't get out of their own way is because they haven't tried and tested enough fucking things to figure out how shit works, right? So, so they're sitting there, they're going, on one hand, I don't want to lose my shit. On the other hand, I want this lifestyle, but they're, but they're putting more weight on I don't want to lose my shit versus going after this lifestyle. And, you know, it, it comes back to that, People like comfort. They 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 mm -hmm. like to live in this safe little fucking bubble, and these readily available excuses come to the table for them, and and they become a crutch. They're like, I'd love to, but 
and whatever the butt is behind after it is is the thing that forces them to play defense in life. Mm. But you got to go blow shit up, man. You got to go break shit. You, you, you know, um, Tyrion Lannister. I, I, I hate that I always uh, Peter Dinklage. That's his name. <laughs> gave one of the greatest fucking speeches of all time. If you haven't seen it, go YouTube it. And it's his commencement speech. And you just need to listen to like the last three minutes of it. And that motherfucker's up there on the podium. And he's like, there's only one thing you got to remember. And that's fail. Fail again. Fail better. Yeah. And that phrase, fail better, says fucking everything for me. Offense in life is about failing better. <sighs> going in, breaking shit, but knowing it's going to break and going anyways, learning from that shit and then doing it again. I that's love that. It. It's so funny because as you're talking, I, I was reminded of a, another speech different than that, but I have seen that one and it's fantastic. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger speech where he talks about not having a safety net. And it, the light bulb for me was, here's a guy who's basically come here as an immigrant. He, he wanted to marry a Kennedy, did that. I mean, the guy became governor. I mean, you like him or hate him doesn't matter that you got to respect what the man has been able to do. But what, what he talked about in this video is that he never operated with a safety net. And he feels that if you do, you always have that to fall back on. And so to your point about clawing and scratching your way out of a hole or out of a situation that seems dire or seems like you can't, like you can, we're incredibly resilient. Human beings are still here for a reason. We wouldn't be here if we weren't resilient creatures and if we didn't have the ability to adapt and change and do what we need to to get out of whatever situation we're in. And sometimes our back needs to be pushed against the wall or we need to be thrown down into a ditch or something needs to happen for us to realize, oh shit, we better take action or we're fucked. And it's not until it's not until that point that we start to pivot and make the make the change. Speaking of making the change, I do want to get back into this entrepreneur business owner mindset versus an employee mindset. It's a topic that you that you've shared. You yourself, you know, you had this employee mindset. You were successful. You did so you know millions and millions of dollars worth of business, but then you're out on your own and it's a totally different beast. Wonder if you could dive in a bit deeper in that realm. This was a fascinating thing for me because as I was running the business, um, it didn't feel much different than being a sales guy. You know, I would uh, still do the same type of prospecting behaviors. I would still do the same actions and things I did. Um, there was a microscopic portion of my business that worked on the operational things, the process system, but it wasn't a whole lot. I was so focused on, you know, the sales side of things, but I, I, I understood it. Come naturally um, to you. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think sales was something that I was naturally born to do. I think I learned it over fucking a lot of things up over the years, you know, but I, I knew it at this point. It, it became a, a, a tool in my arsenal. Mm -hmm. And when that guy said, hey, I hadn't evolved my business, when I started looking at everything, what I realized is my entire business hinged on me. I mean, literally, if I was hit by a bus, my business was dead mm. because there was nothing in my business that could function without me. The sales, the operations, the accounting, the everything fell on my shoulders. And so one of the first things I had to do was start looking at everything I was doing in the business 
and ask, and this is a funny question I literally asked myself. I took a sheet of paper. I wrote down every task I did in the business. Next to that task, I asked one question. Would Steve Jobs do that task? <laughs> and it was, I know it's a stupid, funny question, but in doing that, I realized I was doing so much bullshit in my company that I had no business being doing. One, it either wasn't a strength of mine or I had no fucking desire to do it or, or it wasn't something that I could do quick enough to be a value to the company. Once I kind of went through that list and found the handful of things that I really should be doing, which one of my biggest assets for me is to be the face of the company, right? It'd be the guy out front doing the talking, the speaking, the sales, you know, the business development, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's really my, my role for the company. I needed to then go find the assets that would allow me to get my business functioning so I could go do those things. So I started looking for people who had talents in areas I was weak in. Mm. So, you know, I found people like the first person I ever hired in the business was somebody to edit my podcast. Because I'm sure you know that if you've ever edited a podcast, it sucks the first couple of times. <laughs> trying to figure out the audio. Dude, it's a beast. Yeah, it's not um, fun. It's and not fun. And thank you to my editor. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, and I'm notorious during one of my podcast recording going, I started outsourcing that and that became the, the crutch that I finally was starting to get rid of because I was now building a team. Uh, probably the best hire I ever did in my business is this guy named Kevin Snow, who's still the number two in my company. And um, what he brought was this operational sales automation shit that that I knew I needed, but I had no idea how to build out. So if, if you would have looked up my business until Kevin came on board, you would have seen a series of like this MailChimp thing going, this, this chatbot-like thing going, you know, some weird ass random blog contents and videos and this mod podge of shit that I had self-taught watching YouTube videos put together to try and make it look like a business of some sort. Kevin took all that shit off my plate, right? And and built out all the sales automations and the funnels and you know and all the things. And you know, people always like to ask me, they're like, okay, I get it. I need to bring people on my team to change my mindset, to think like a business owner, but I can't afford to bring people on my team. What do I do? I'm like, barter your ass off. Go trade that shit. You got something that people need. Fucking trade that shit up until you can figure out you know, how to continue to upgrade that person to the level you can pay. You know, so that's the first thing, man. Start outsourcing your shit. The, the, the second thing is as an employee, you don't think about scale. You think about, I've got to be the person that gets it done. So look, I think about it from a sales perspective. If anybody else steps in as part of my sales call, I'm going to have to kick off part of my commission to them. So fuck you. I'll do all my own sales calls, right? Nobody come along for a ride with me. In business, if you think about that, about every task, that fuck you, I'm the only person that do it, it's not scalable, and i put it in this terms. You as an individual are not scalable. And this is why so many coaches fail. This is why so many speakers fail. It's because they're building a one-man show. As a one-man show, you're not scalable. So 
I had to start thinking about how do I scale this business? What is it that allows this business to grow bigger than I currently am? What assets do I need in place? And then the third thing that you absolutely got to start doing is start putting in systems in, in place. It wasn't until we launched the podcast that I understood this is if somebody would have asked me what my sales process was, I could list it out, right? Boom, 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 boom. Here's my steps. If somebody asked me what my operational, my accounting process was, I had no fucking clue, right? Um, so because of the podcast, I had to learn all the systems and everything else. Business owners, they think in who can get it done? How do I scale it? What's the repeatable process and system inside of it? And I think once you wrap your head around those ideas, you start thinking like a business owner and you start learning that um, things are going to get bigger, more badass, and, and you're going to start building a business. But if everything still functions like it did when you were an employee, that's the reason your company sucks. Wow. Well, I, man, I love, love, love all of what you just said. And there's there's four words that come to mind right away. And the first one is eliminate. The second one is automate. The third one is delegate. And the fourth one is do, right? We're not saying that you're not going to do something, but before you do something, hey, does it need to be oh, done cool. at There's all? There's my next keynote speech. Thanks for that. <laughs> I mean, does it need to be do it, done at all? Let Remove those things. And if, and if they don't need to be, if they don't need to be done, like get them the hell out of there, then to your point, have systems process, automate the hell out of everything that you're doing. And if you can't automate it, then maybe there's somebody who can do a phenomenal job. We are not great at everything. And the minute we realize that we are not and should not be doing everything is the minute we'll start succeeding. Because when we do the things that we are great at, that's our superpower, Imagine what we can accomplish when we focus on those things and we let other people who are probably going to do it better anyway, do the other things. And then the other, the other thing I want to mention is this fantastic book, which I don't know if you've read it, but it's called The E-Myth. I love this book. It's an older book, but it, it really dissects why certain companies have been successful and they have built processes and systems and they have created a machine to make sure that business is almost, it's like a, a fail-proof way of uh, operating a business. And I just, I love that book. I need to reread it because it's been so long. But as you were speaking, especially about the process side, I was thinking about that book and the teaching and the learning that I got from that. I have two more questions for you, just general questions. One is about a chapter in your book, which I absolutely love, which is this chapter where you talk about creating personal champions and profits. And for, for those that haven't had a chance to read your book, Success Champions, pick it up. You could get it on your Kindle. It's amazing to see a uh, firsthand experience of the entrepreneurial journey. And this part was, was new. I, I hadn't thought about it in this way. So can you share what you mean by having and creating personal champions and profits? Yeah. First, that was a very fun chapter to write. Um, uh, it was probably one of my favorite chapters right in the book. Um, so when I think, I named the company Success Champions because I believe you've got to be the champion of your success, but I also believe that you've got to build champions in your life. And when I think of a champion, man, I always think of Brad Pitt in the movie Troy. Getting of that movie, right, the two armies are standing in the middle of the battlefield, 
They're getting ready to fight. Two kings come together and say, your best against my best. Well, the one king brings out this huge, just hulked out dude that's just massive, everything else. The other king goes, bring out whatever the guy's name, whoever Brad Pitt's character is. And the scene flashes open, there's Brad Pitt laying in a brothel drunk, right? And, you know, they shake his ass awake and uh, he comes running out. Long story short, Brad (laughs) runs, jumps up, one move, stabs the dude in the neck, and the war's over. I think that for businesses, especially in this day and age, to find some level of business development and sales success, you've got to have other people out there that are representing your brand and being the champion of you. So this whole idea of creating profits and champions is the idea that other people will start telling your story. And they'll start, because what people don't understand is advertising is what you say you do. Branding is what you say, excuse me, advertising is what you say you do. Branding is what everybody else says you do. If you don't have people out there telling the right stories about you, and the best way to do that is to be real every time you tell a story and tell the fucking truth, so it's the same story told consistently over time. The side branch, that's one thing I love about the whole COVID-19 thing, because all the Instagram millionaires are gone, because they can't fake it anymore. They don't want to do a live (laughs) in their trailer park. But when you're out there creating people that are so into you because you've done so many awesome things for them, they'll tell the world for you. Um, I just have a philosophy that, and Zig Ziglar's always got the famous quote, if you help enough people get what you they want, you'll get what you want. And there's a lot of truth to that. And, and, I, and I think if more people would understand that business networking at its heart is growing other people's businesses. It's literally you getting to know somebody so well that you could introduce them to your mom or your number one client. And if you invest in people that way and mm. really pour into them about who do they need to get to, what do they need, what do they accomplish, and you get them there, fuck, they're going to tell the world about you. And that's this whole idea of, of having all these champions. And what's fun is, is we've been trying to pour into all the champions that follow our brand and everything else that they tell a lot of fucking people about our story and what we do. And and it makes for amazing business. So I challenge all your listeners to go, okay, who am I championing? You know, who am I putting up on a pedestal so they'll do the same for me? I mean, it's, it's amazing. Pour into others and, and your business will grow to, to levels like you wouldn't believe. Oh, man, I love all of that. I know you're a big believer in referral business, as am I. I mean, that's something that's... It, it, I can't overemphasize how important it is to build a referral-based business. Can you share your philosophy of when you feel a deal is actually closed as it relates to that? Because I love that and I hadn't heard that before, but I love that. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm truly grateful how much homework you did on this, man. I, I really, well done. Seriously, well done. Um, it's really simple. A deal is, in this day and age, there's no such thing as closing, okay? There's only starting relationships. So so this whole notion of closing the deal is a fucking myth. So let me, let me put that out there. Um, so if you're listening to a sales trainer talking about you got to close shit, turn it off. Because if you're just closing, business becomes a transaction. So a deal is finally closed when you've delivered what you said you're going to deliver. 
and they open doors for you and introduce you to other people you can do business with. That's it, man. Because most people are so focused on getting that revenue in their business, they forget to deliver on the back end. And that's when business, you know, continues to become transactional. Mm. In this day and age, man, it's a lifetime value of a client, not the one-time close, you know, not the one-time deal. So deliver on what you said you're going to bring them so well that they want to introduce you to their number one client. That's Mm. it, man. That's when the deal's done. I love it. I love it. Set expectations, deliver on those expectations, wow them with the customer experience so much so that they are elated to share what you're offering to their clients, friends, family, to their connections and open up their network. Man, what a way to finish. Give us a flavor of what's next. What's the future hold and where can we find you? Where, you know, for the audience that wants to get some more Donnie Bovine love, where, where's the best place for them to find you? (laughs) So I'm going to give you guys a a gift. And this is something that, um, especially if you got small business owners that are trying to figure out how to grow and scale, um, one of the things, because there's guys out there like Gary Vee and, and some of these other marketers are like, man, content, content, content. You got to be putting out so much content in the marketplace. I struggled with it, man, because I didn't know what to put out there. I didn't know how to create it. So in one of my uh, private groups where I do a lot of training, um, I literally taught a group of business owners how to create a, just a shit ton of social content in about 20 minutes. And so I took that entire training and I put it into a free video that I give out to everybody. So if they'll literally, if they'll text the words, I am a success champion to 817-318-6030, I will send them that training for free. Of course, it's going to ask for your email address. So we know where to send it, but there's, you, we're not going to spam you or anything afterwards, which is, that's the best way we know how to get you uh, that content. And then they type success champions on any platform and you'll find me. I'm there. Probably if people want to get to me fastest, go to any platform and send me a DM anywhere, Donnie Bobing anywhere, success champions anywhere, and you'll get to me. Love it, man. Well, thank you for sharing that and providing that value to the listeners. Thank you for being on the show. It's been an amazing conversation, not surprising at all. The real deal, your genuine, authentic, true self, telling your story, inspiring people to be success champions that you, you yourself have also become. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being hey, on can Inside I, can Out. I, can I say one last thing, brother? Of course. One last thing. Of course. Of course, brother. Guys, do me a favor. Bill is putting on one hell of a podcast. I mean, this guy did so much homework on me to figure out all these amazing questions and everything else. And I really mean that. I genuinely say, dude, badass job. Guys, do me a favor. People still don't know how to listen to podcasts. Go out and tell one or two friends how to listen to this show. Get them signed up. Grab their damn phone. Open up whatever podcast app they have and put Inside Out on there. And teach them how to listen to their show. Because I'm telling you, there's no greater thing in this world than to tell somebody else how to get to a show. And and leave them a review out there. Show them a little love. From a guy who puts out content. The little things, man, the liking of a content comment, the 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 small little, hey, great post, you know, anything like that. Dude, we love that shit. So so show him a little love. Teach somebody how to listen to the show, share it out, leave me a review. Do something to show how how awesome of a show Bill's putting on here, man. That'd mean everything to me, and he'd love it as well. Oh man, I've dude, thank you. I'm humbled and grateful that you said that. And I don't I don't do that enough. And I I you just taught me something, which is not, don't be afraid to, to suggest some things that can help and benefit 
Donnie Bovine, thank you for being on Inside Out. Thanks, brother. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insight Out. I hope you enjoyed the show and I really hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in your career, in your business, or in your life. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast platform. This is extremely helpful and I can't tell you how much I would appreciate it. Also, if you haven't checked out our website yet, you can find us on the interweb at insightoutshow.com. On the site, you'll find tons of great content, including all of our podcast episodes, videos, blog posts, and the all-important link to support this show through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's an amazing platform that helps creators gain the support they need to continue creating. And remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out.